Welcome to the Pro Church Marketing Podcast. Are you a church leader or nonprofit director that wants to reach more people online? If so, you're going to want to listen to what John O'Long has to say about the latest trends in online marketing for churches and faith based nonprofits. Here's your host, John O'Long. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, I want to make the most of your time. And this, uh, again, this is going to be super practical. I really appreciate you giving up time. Uh, you're all busy people. I am I am sure you're busy um, and you've got lots going on and, and you chose to carve out some time with me. So uh, we'll not go any longer than an hour, but my goal is really 40 minutes um, and maybe some Q&A. Uh, so thanks for, thanks for bearing with me. All right. Uh, you may recognize me uh, from the... Uh, from the awkward family photos calendar um if you're wondering where you where you recognize me from yeah, that is that's that's me that's my my one little claim to fame then they got uh then they got a hold of my entire family and put us on the cover of the 2021 calendar and then then they came out with a with a card game and put us on the uh put us on the card game so that's that is um my one little claim to fame there. And yes, I had a big old red mullet. Then after that, uh, I became a youth pastor. And so I served in youth ministry for about 21 years in Metro Atlanta, and then transitioned into doing this full time where we just help churches with uh, websites, search engine optimization, the Google grant where Google will give you $10,000 a month in free ad spend, uh, and then social media ads and organic social media management. <clears throat> so today, my goal is I, I want to help you guys with local SEO, and and there's a few reasons for that. One, uh, I, I just it's it's probably one of the most frustrating things. Like if if you've put put a one in the chat if you've ever like Googled yourself, Googled your church, and your number you're, you're way down the list and you have no idea why. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that that's aggravating, and and what happens, and a lot of times the churches that are in the top, and I'm going to show you some examples. The churches are way up at the top. It's they're not doing as good as you. They don't have any reviews. They don't. You don't even know where they are. It, it is it is a weird thing, and you know they're not trying. And then you've got you over here that you actually care about it. You're trying to show up at the top because you believe that your church is where people need to be and you're right about that and so people are going to google they are looking for churches and most people go to one of those top three and so i want to give you things that you guys can do today uh yourself without you know we do this for lots of churches that's you know we are a business um but there's quite a few things with search engine optimization that if you'll carve out an hour or two you can do these on your own you don't have to pay somebody like me to do it and and it will make a difference over time. And so that that's the goal here. I want to give you those things uh, and and help you out. So local search engine optimization. This is local search engine optimization. That that local piece. That uh, keep in mind that is much different. And, and um, it, it's a it's a different tactic than if you had like an online store and you're selling you know Taylor Swift hoodies. And you'll ship anywhere in the country. That's a much different thing than than a church. Uh, a church is going to operate as far as SEO goes. It's going to be more like a restaurant. You know, you, you've got a physical location you're trying to get people to come to. And so what we're really, we're really, hey, hey, Dan, glad you could be here, man. Thanks for joining. Um, so 
what, what we really want to do is we're going to focus on maps. So SEO, search engine optimization. Local SEO is where you focus to improve your rankings and visibility in local search results, such as Google's map pack or what they call the local pack. Now, Bing exists and, and other search engines exist, but Google still got like 95% of the market share when it comes to search, maybe a little bit less this year. Um, so we're primarily talking about Google. So when I say when I say the map pack or the local pack, put a one in the chat if you know what I'm talking about. If that if that phrase means anything to you. Okay, all right, all right. All right, so this is not this is not necessarily news to you, but just to make sure we're all on the same page, this is the map pack or the local pack. Some people call it the three pack. I've heard people call it the snack pack. Whatever kind of pack you want to call it, it's the top three results when you search for a local organization, a local church, a local business. Um, and basically, it's going to be triggered when you use a, a, a geographic modifier like church in Atlanta or the big one would be like near me. That Most of the time we use phrases like near me. In fact, I uh, wrote a book that I'll send you for free called Church Near Me. Some of you already have it probably. Um, but I'll send this to you for free. I just need you to pay like three bucks for shipping and handling or four dollars for shipping and handling. But um, that that's a phrase that thousands and thousands, like 56,000 people a month on, on average in my state my of Georgia search that phrase church near me. And so a, a search like that is going to trigger these results. And so most people and, and think just like just like if you're searching for pizza. When's the last time you were like, I wonder what the 17th best pizza place in this city is? No, you're going to look at one of these top three and you're going to go see who's got the most reviews with the best score. You know, like I don't really eat anywhere with below a 4.6. That's just a rule that I like to live by. Unless it's Waffle House, then I'll, I'll give them some grace because that's, you know, they, that's just the way it's going to be. But this is the local pack. 75 to 90% of the clicks are going to go here. A lot of people skip past the ads that show up here. And most people don't scroll down beyond this local pack because it's just a bunch of directories. You'll see Better Business Bureau, Church Finder, or if you're looking for a plumber, you're going to see Angie's List and um, all of those types of things. And so this is really where we want to be. When we're talking about SEO, this is what's going to get you mileage. You want to be in one of these three spots. Uh, why is it important? Okay, so this is some this is some data that I pulled uh, probably in November um, from Google. So just uh, looking at a few different states, Christian churches near me searched thirteen hundred times on average in the state of Georgia last year. Church near me forty thousand. I, I think I said fifty thousand a minute ago. Forty thousand five hundred, um, and then like non-denominational churches near me. That's another big one. That was almost three thousand year over year. This is what's interesting. Year over year compared to the previous year up 60%, up 22%, up 50%. So more and more people are looking for a church. So people really are on Google looking for churches. Um, I get articles all the time in my inbox, like no one goes to church anymore. Why is the church in decline? And and I think we all feel that. I think we probably see a lot. There, there are a lot of churches in decline, but there are also a lot of people looking for a church for a million different reasons. And so that's why this is important. People are looking. Uh, looking um, a little bit further up in the in the Bible Belt, uh, North Carolina, um, some pretty big numbers there. The percentages year over year are also uh, way up. And then get outside of the Bible Belt in, in whatever state that is. I think that's Wisconsin, right? Uh, or is it Michigan? No, it's Wisconsin, one of those. Um, 
but even there, like church near me is almost 10,000 searches uh, a month, which I mean, that that's, that that's a big deal. So this is important. So church marketing and, and sometimes that word marketing, um, Oh, you, let's see. And you said, what, what do I mean by low competition? Uh, that means that uh, in, in relation to if you were running Google ads, that not a lot of other people are running Google ads with that phrase. And so it would be a lower, it would be lower competition, which would mean it would be cheaper per click. Uh, so you could, you could, buy some ads for a lot cheaper than if it were a high competition keyword. So good question. But that's a little more in relation to um, pay-per-click ads. Uh, but it's still, you know, it still has some relevance to SEO, but it's not something I factor in too much. So church marketing, marketing is not a, a, a dirty word. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing marketing. We can call it outreach if, if that makes you feel better. But but this is marketing. We've got a message. We believe it's the truth. We believe people need to hear it, and and we want to get it out to people. That I mean, that is is marketing. And um, you know, I get a lot of uh, like on my Facebook ads, a uh, lot of a lot of people kind of Jesus juke me, and 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 are just like, oh no, you just you're just trying to get people's money. You just need to preach the word. That's all you need to do. And I mean, I'm not telling anyone to stop preaching the word, and I'm not telling anyone to stop inviting their neighbors, um, but you know, missionaries go where just preach. <laughs> yes, that I get that on so many comments on like every reel I ever post. It's uh, it, especially on TikTok or on, on every TikTok I post, man, the, the Christians just pounce on me. Um, but missionaries go where the people are. I mean, people are on Instagram. People are on TikTok. People are on Facebook. That's where they are. Evangelists and missionaries go where the people are. So we've got it. And they are on Google. So we've, we've got to go to Google. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whatever you do, marketing, whatever you do, social media, whatever you do, search engine optimization, that's all under that umbrella. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him, Colossians 3, 16 and 17. So we're, we're doing this uh, to reach people. And our, our, our hearts, our motivation uh, is that we are doing this in the name of the Lord. We're doing this to help people know God better. Now, I want to, um, hopefully no one from Northside Assembly in Jackson, Tennessee is here. Actually, hopefully you are here because I would love to work, I would love to work for them for free. I sent them an email and no one ever responded, um, but they're kind of an anomaly. Uh, they are a large church. They've been there a long time, very active church. And uh, one of the guys was in my Facebook group asking for tips and he was doing every bit of advice. The things I'm going to tell you today, he was doing most of them. And this is a heat map, all right? These 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 uh, points are about three or four miles apart. And so what this says is if you're in their parking lot and you search church near me, they're going to be number one. But if you drive just a little bit east and pull over, because that's the safe way to do it, and search church near me, they're not even going to be in the top 20. Nowhere are they in the top 20 except pretty much if you are already at that church, Okay. And if we ran a heat map on some of your churches, it may look a whole lot like this. Um, the question probably 
there's a tool that we use, but it's kind of expensive to run these. So, um, you know, reach out to me if you're, if you're interested in just kind of getting one of these, um, I'd be happy to do that for you. Um, but what we want to do, what you've got to do is optimize the heck out of your Google business profile. It used to be called Google My Business, but now it's called Google Business Profile. And so you want to make sure that first you've got access to your Google business profile. Throw me a one in chat if you know that you have access to your Google business profile. Yeah, Dan, I, you know, I didn't, I, uh, sorry, sorry that I had to bring that filth in here and use the word heck, man. I try to watch my mouth, but sometimes it just slips out. So, <laughs> okay. So we know what we're talking about with the, we know what we're talking about with the um, Google business profile and you guys have got access. So this is where you go to do everything. All right. Here's what we hear all the time, especially before I, you know, when I was working with like plumbers and roofers and stuff like that, before we were just working with churches, um, you know, it's like, Hey, if you could make us number one and I can't do the uh, office space boys, but uh, yeah, if you could make us number one over on Google over the weekend, that would be great. Like that is, it, this takes time. This is the marathon. This is not the sprint. If you need people planning visits from the internet, like tomorrow, then you're going to have to run some ads. But if you've got time, uh, time to wait on results and time to carve out each week to do some of these things, then you're going to be, you're going to be in good shape. This is extremely valuable because these are not like ads where when you, when you stop ads, you turn a Facebook ad off. Well, I mean, it stops working immediately. They're very effective, but when you stop them, you stop them. SEO it's, it's an investment. It's equity. You build, you know, we call it SEO juice. You know, you're, you're shooting SEO juice to your website and, and that sticks, that builds equity. And, and so it's an investment in your site. So this is very, very worthwhile. So I want to give you the top 10 map pack ranking factors. And these are the 10 things that you want to pay attention to and you can do something about to help move the needle for lack of a better corporate cliche. Um, and I hate those and try not to use them, but that, that's all that's all I got. Um, but these are things that you can practically do. If you, if you got two monitors, you could probably pull up your Google business profile right now. I would, I would highly encourage you to do that and, and, uh, work on some of this while we're talking. Your primary Google business category is the number one ranking factor. Um, and, and this, where I, I got these from there, there's a bunch of nerds that get together every year and they do this study based on the previous year's tests that they ran and they're always running tests and they rank because there are dozens and dozens of ranking factors that, that, that play a small part in, in helping you climb in the Google business profile rankings in the local map rankings. Uh, but we're going to focus on the top 10 because those are the ones that, that really pack the biggest punch. Okay. <clears throat> the first one, is the primary Google business profile category, okay? You wanna go check your Google business category. What, what we see a lot is that most people just assign a category. If you've ever gone in and done anything, most churches, a lot of churches just chose their denomination because most of your denominations, even non-denominational, is an option in Google's pre-populated options for categories. But with Google, you get a primary category and then you get secondary categories, right? So you're, you've at least got to choose a primary when you set it up. Most people choose their primary and they're in a hurry and they go, they, they skip on past it and, and they never go back and add any other categories. 
And so what people do is if you're a Baptist church, a lot of times they put Baptist church as the primary category and then just move on. But what we see is, is that, that you'll do well if someone's looking for a Baptist church, but if someone's just going church near me, then they're going to weed you out because you've said, no, we're a Baptist church. So you didn't make your primary category church. So what I would encourage all of you to do is make your primary category church. Then there's several other options that fit most of us. Definitely go for your non, for your denomination, whether it's non-denomination, Baptist, Methodist, whatever it is. Add that as a secondary category. You can add uh, 10 more, I believe it is. Christian church. You know, we're all, we're, you know, you're, you're Christians, you're a Christian church. That may be talking about the Christian church denomination, but you know, whatever. Um, place of worship. Even if you're an evangelical church, put evangelical church. Religious organization, that's you. Not, you know, whatever fits. Uh, community center is an option. So if you've got a food pantry or a counseling center, or you've got some addiction recovery programs, I would put, uh, I would put, um, community center there, but you want to take up as one of the goals here is to take up as much real estate on Google as you possibly can. But your primary Google business category is a big deal. I have seen, uh, clients, churches and, and others, um, make this one change and, and climb drastically within a day. We're not talking waiting months. We're talking, this makes a huge difference. Uh, has anyone checked theirs to see what their primary category was? And it wasn't or, and you already had church? Drop a one in the chat if you already had church. All right, sweet. Make church the primary category. Then the others are secondary categories, Anna. Yeah, you want to have those others, but but church broadly wants to be, needs to be your primary. Now, in the case of Northside Assembly, what we discovered is all the churches in Jackson, uh, Tennessee that were ranking in the, in the top 10 um, yeah, adding secondary categories. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So uh, good work. If you notice, Northside Assembly, they had Assemblies of God Church, which make, it's extremely logical. And I'm not implying that, oh gosh, they're so dumb for doing this. This, this makes perfect sense. Um, but what we noticed is that the one, these top three, their category was church. The other thing that we noticed, and you'll see this in a minute, is Seven of the top 10 churches in Jackson, Tennessee, did not even have verified profiles, which is crazy to me, which means they weren't doing anything. They didn't, they hadn't even claimed their profile and they were ranking at the top. This number one, they, I think number one and number three, we'll see in a minute. They hadn't even verified their profile. Google created this profile for them because Google scrapes the internet. They'll create a business profile if you don't have one. And Google assigned them the category church. And so we figured, hey, if Google's just automatically assigning churches the category church, then we should probably just do that too. And, and then, you know, it turns out it works. Keywords in the Google business profile title. Now, that's a big deal. And for most of you, this is not going to be anything revolutionary because the keyword here is church. And church is probably in your name. But there have been churches, Northside Assembly of God, their, the word church was not in there. Uh, in their Google business profile, it just said Northside Assembly of God. On their website, it just said Northside Assembly. The word church really wasn't there a lot. Um, and, and so if if that's you, if you've got some kind of abbreviated name, you know, like um, The Bridge or something like that, you know, um, we, there's a church in in right down the road that they just 
they're leaving the Methodist church and they just changed their name to just the bridge. And, um, and I, I don't think it's the bridge community church. It's just the bridge. And so you may want to, you know, put the bridge church or the bridge community church, something like that, but you want that word church in there. The other one is the proximate. And this is one that you written. Okay. And I, I said, this is something you could do. These were all things you could do easily. There's not much you can do about the proximity of the address to the point of search. Meaning the further away people get from your from your building, the further away they get from your, your address, then the less likely you are to show up. A lot of people, um, a lot of SEO guys say it's probably about 25 miles that you can expect to rank. Outside of 25 miles, then you know, Google doesn't really consider that near me or local. And and so I've got we've got some churches that are um it's well beyond uh, 25 miles, but they're pretty, you know, they're in a rural area. So if, if there's if there's a lot of churches in your area, then it, it would be a struggle to go beyond 25 miles. So just know that the the further you get away, the less likely you are to show up. But the more work you do and the things you do, the more optimization that you do. And I'm going to show you some more things in just a second. Then that footprint is going to get bigger. And instead of being, you know, number 14, when you drive six miles east, you can be in the top three when you drive six miles east. And so that that's the goal here. Um, physical address in the city of search. That's another one that you, you know, not a ton that you can do about right, right there, but um, physical address in the city of search. So this may affect, like if you're meeting in a school or something, if you're meeting, if you're a, if you're a portable church, then you definitely want to try to get an address in, at least in the city. If it may, you, you probably can't get a verified Google business profile. Um, you probably can't get a verified Google business profile, um, you know, at the school or anything. Uh, but you could, um, potentially, you know, if you rent an office space or if you, um, you know, you might could do a house. Google's really tightening, you know, tightening down on some of this stuff, clamping down. If you rent an office somewhere, a co-working space, um, we've had some success getting co-working spaces verified with Google. But you really want some kind of physical address in that city. Removal of spam listings through spam fighting. Okay, this is kind of a this is kind of a a, a weird one, um, but what you'll notice um, if you dig in, and, and I even notice this in my area, there are some churches showing up that don't exist anymore. Uh, the church, if I if I search church near me right now, number one, uh, the number one or number two church that shows up. I've lived in this town like all of my life. This is my hometown, and the church that was showing up number one doesn't even exist anymore. It hasn't been around for years, but it's still showing up number one on Google. So that would be, it's not really spam as spam as it sounds, but if you see something like that, if there are, if there's a church that's showing up and you know, they're not around anymore or, or whatever, um, then you, there, you can report that to Google, just Google, like, how do I report a spam listing? And, and they've got a form that you can go in and, and drop that or you can go straight to that profile and you can you can flag it um, and, and report that profile as this place no longer exists, just like you can do with any business. Number six, here's a big one. Here's a big one. High numerical Google rating score. So we want that high star rating. Google, Google reviews um, are a big deal and I, it can feel a little bit icky to, to ask for them, you know, at, at church. I know I talked to a lot of pastors who are just, kind of weirded out by that. 
But we know that Google reviews and a high star rating is going to push you up the rankings. And again, we want people to find us because we have the good news. Then we need to do what Google wants us to do to meet people where they are. So just out of curiosity, who's got a who's got a a um, strategy in place, something systematic that you are regularly getting Google reviews from guests and and members? Drop a one in the chat if that's you. If you've got some kind of systematic process in place to get reviews, drop a one in the chat. Oh, Dan, you, you guys have got a, a link. Awesome. Send the email with, with the link included. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. So you want to do that. What Now, what you don't want to do is, is not think about it for like six weeks and then be like, oh, crap, we need some Google reviews and send out a blast and, you know, ask the church or stand up in, in front of the church on Sunday morning and say, hey, we need some Google reviews. Pull out your phones. Do it right now. And you've got 12 Google reviews come in when you've gone, you know, two months with no Google reviews. Google's going to, a lot of those, I bet, probably won't show even show up because Google's going to know that you solicited those. So what you really want is just that steady flow, sending those emails regularly or sending the texts regularly saying, hey, and, and if you can automate that, even better where you're not having to think about that. But every time someone fills out a connection card, if it could get pulled in um, to whatever CRM that maybe you're using uh, and, and you could automate those texts to go out like, hey, did you have a good time? We'd love, you know, we'd love for more people to learn about us and you can help us do that with a Google review. So uh, a steady trickle of Google reviews, which um, will help. Seven, we've already kind of tackled that additional Google business profile categories. You want to add those additional ones. So make sure you go back and do that. Um, but we pretty much already covered that. Uh, and like I said, there, there's there's lots of options. The quantity of Google reviews. That's another one. So we want we want a high star ranking. We want we want to have like 4.8 is is ideal. Now, I would say if, if you're like a 4.6, 4.7, that, that's cool. People will give you grace. I think people are maybe a little less gracious to churches. I mean, everybody's got one one star review, but if if you know, like with a restaurant, I'll, I'll, I'm cool with like a four point six or something. Um, but with a church, like if it was if it's four point six, you know, I'm, I'm wondering like what happened. Usually, like a group of people got mad and and they just kind of were turds and 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 all got together and said, "Hey, let's all go leave a Google review." So that's pretty unfair. That's usually what what we see. Uh, and, and sometimes you can get those removed, but if they're legit, they're legit. And, and really the main way to combat that, combat that is to just get more good, solid five-star reviews. And so I, I would encourage you, if you don't have a system in place to regularly get reviews and it could be as, it could be as low tech as, as pre-writing a text that says, Hey, thanks for visiting our church. We hope you had a great time. Would you mind leaving us a Google, re Google review and letting everybody know, you know, your experience and just manually texting that to them. You could get as fancy as using an automated system, a, a CRM. Um, you know, we have one called reach up that, that we use and, and, you know, you can, you can pull in your, your names and numbers and, and send out an automated workflow of text and reminders and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, you can go low tech, you can go high tech, but my encouragement would be have something, get reviews somehow, uh, because it's a big deal. 
verified Google business profile. You guys have probably all got a verified Google business profile or you wouldn't be here, but that's a that's a big deal. And a lot of the churches, like I was saying, um, in, in Jackson, Tennessee, what was crazy, and this is what's frustrating about Google, is the number one church, those orange X's mean that they're not verified. And, and so seven, three, four, five, six of the top 10 churches in Jackson, Tennessee, didn't even have Google verified Google business profiles. Before I saw this, um, I would have argued that without a Google, a verified Google business profile, I would have argued that they're probably not even showing up in the results, but definitely at the bottom of, of the results. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Somebody had a question. Yeah, if you, if you got a question, just drop it in, in the Q&A or, or in the chat. So what, what's, what's frustrating here is like some of the, some of the um, core things that I would say um, would disqualify you from showing up at the top of Google. Number one would be having a verified Google business profile. But as you can see, the number one, Notre Dame de Jackson, they don't even have a verified Google business profile. There's no way they should be showing up at the top when you've got all these other churches really trying and getting some reviews. Um, I don't even think that number one had any reviews whatsoever. Whereas Northside Assembly, man, they had they had like 50 something reviews and he was doing everything right. He was doing posts and all kinds of stuff. So what it shows, uh, one, one thing that I think we can pull from this is that there's no one thing necessarily that you can do that's just going to make a huge impact. It's, it's, it's a lot of little things together that can make a huge positive impact. Typically, one thing, it's, now maybe the Google business, pro, the, the main category can have a pack a pretty big punch and reviews can pack a pretty big punch. But for the most part, nothing on its own is going to just solve all of your problems. It's going to take a multitude of things and working on this, getting reviews, making sure um, that your profile is all optimized and all that stuff. Um, but the, there are things that can on their own have a big negative impact, like not having the primary category properly filled out. Cause you can see, uh, Northside assembly was doing everything right. And it still wasn't enough. They had one big thing wrong and it was getting them outside of the top 20. So it, it's frustrating, but You've got you've got to work it all, and then you got to you know troubleshoot. Um, Jane asks, where are events filling from? The only events on ours is depression and bipolar support group. They do meet here, but we don't advertise for it. So, when you go into your Google business profile um, and you click to add updates, like if we go back here and look at that edit, add update. So if you add an update, you're going to have three types of updates. One is just a generic update. Um, and it's kind of like a social media post. It's a picture and a caption. And, and so that would be like, if you're just saying, you know, I would treat that kind of like a, kind of like a Facebook post. I don't get there. Think a little more businessy, a little more professional, you know, you don't get too cutesy with them. Um, and they're not, and, and usually they're not events. They're, they're more like, you know, the bridge church or journey church is an amazing place with, with uh, a great children's ministry. Then the other type of update you can add is just a photo. You can update a photo by itself. So, uh, and, and where this comes into play is, is people will upload their own photos and those will show up. And sometimes those are weird. Sometimes there are people who meant to upload it somewhere else 
and it got to yours somehow and you can't get rid of it like you can't go to leah they, they've got a, it, it can be really frustrating uh because we'll see all the time that there'll just be some weird picture that is the primary displayed picture when you google your church and so what you've got to do is go in and add other pictures that's where you do it the third type of update to answer your question is an event and so that's where you can go add the event you know if you search for concerts right now Google's, you know, you're going to see the Ticketmaster results and stuff, but Google's also going to have its own events uh, showing and and right there in the search results. And it'll have the details there and the links to the tickets. And, and that's that's where those populate from is, is from adding an update inside the Google business profile. So you want to do that uh, for our for the churches we work with. Uh, we do we do Sunday morning service is an event every week. Uh, and then, of course, special events. And um, so that that's a big deal. All right. Quantity of Google reviews, verified Google business profile. And then number 10, proximity of address to city center. This is one of those that, yeah, unless you're going to pick up and move your church, um, th there's not much you can do about that. But Google does like it the closer you are to the city center. Um, so, you know, well, OK, well, we're not we're not close to the city center. And in fact, we pull from other little we pull from other little towns. Uh, what one thing I would encourage you to do is, you know, you may be like, I'm in a town, uh, our, my church that I go to is in a little town called Between, because it's literally between the city of Monroe and the city of Loganville. And so our address is between, but nobody really lives in between. And so we need a page on our website that's about that's for people who are looking for a church in Monroe, Georgia. So there's a there's a Monroe, Georgia landing page. Then there is a Loganville landing page. So if you've got some cities, especially if you're running some Google ads and you're targeting some surrounding areas, you want a page that's all about how great of a church you are for people who live in that city. And that's going to send signals to Google that that, you know, we are a church in this city. And even if you're not in the center of whatever city it is you live in uh, or your, your church is, you may not be close to the city center, but you can still you still want to put some geographic signals throughout your website signaling to Google that, hey, we are in Atlanta. Uh, we are in the city. And especially if you can reference um, like historical landmarks, you know, we're we are one, a quarter mile east of the historic downtown courthouse. Google eats up stuff like that. So. You can work that in. I know churches don't like a lot of words on their websites typically, which I get it, but, and it's not pretty, but that is how Google knows what a website's about. And so you've got to be able to tell Google words. And so you've got to find a way to get words on your website. What I recommend doing is creating a plan of visit page and then putting, a, and, and really optimizing that one page uh, and, and for, for that city and, and get those words in there somewhere. It can even be down at the bottom and then duplicating that plan of visit page. Um, you don't need to link to it in the main navigation, but um, so like in, in Dan's question, do you recommend creating a landing page for each smaller town within driving distance? Parkville, Liberty, Riverside, Avondale. Yeah, I, I do. And you could, what I would do in that case is I would take a, my plan of visit page and really build it out nice with a plan of visit form and a map and all those things. Good, get some good words on there, get some content on there, kind of kind of beef it up, then then duplicate that page. And you'll hear a lot of people say, don't put duplicate content on your website. Um, 
you can ignore that in this case. It, it, that makes sense in other cases. But in this case, then what you can do is duplicate that for Parkville and, and for Liberty and then swap out the city, put, put a little bit of content, write a paragraph that's specific about Liberty. And then, um, but you don't need to necessarily put those in the main navigation because what you're really making those pages for are to rank organically. So that when someone's Googling church in Liberty, church in Riverside, you want that to show up. Now, the likelihood that it's going to bump you in the maps in Riverside, since you don't have a physical address in Riverside or Avondale or wherever, um, you're probably not going to show up in the maps, but you can show up in the in, in the organic results. So there's going to be less clicks, but it's still worth doing. Um, is it worth it to have a landing pages for specific neighborhoods? We are in Midtown, but get people from across uh, Atlanta. Yeah, so I would, in, in those types of cases, um, since, you know, in, in those types of cases, yeah, I think it makes sense because there are areas, um, and even though I'm a Georgia boy, um, like Midtown is not necessarily like incorporated, is it? Uh, but people who live there would refer like, yeah, I live in Midtown, even though that it's kind of, I guess, yeah, a neighborhood. So those little borough type places that aren't really incorporated cities with their own zip code. But when you, whenever someone tells you where they live, Hey, yeah, I live in Midtown. Then yeah, we want some language that's all about Midtown or whatever that neighborhood is. If it's big enough to where people, that's what they, that's where they identify with their home um, and not the major city that their zip code may be. So if, if that makes sense. Good questions. Really good questions. And keep them coming. If you got more questions, um, definitely want to answer those. A few other things that I would just throw out. One would be add photos to the profile. I would get in a habit of if you, you know, if you're posting four times a week on social media, at least one of those needs to make it over to your Google business profile. If you're using a software like, um, I think if you're using something like Hootsuite or Buffer, typically you can tie in your Google business profile. And so the same posts that you're sending to, to Instagram and Facebook through those third-party apps, you can just send it. All you do is check another little button and send it straight over to your Google business profile. Um, but at a minimum, I would say go in there and add a photo a couple times a month. Now, I would definitely say add your, your Sunday morning service as an event each week if you can get in that rhythm. Um, it'll, it'll only take you five minutes. It's annoying it would be a really good task for a for an intern, probably, or or some. Man, there's some teenagers that are good at this stuff, and they're not going to be in the student band. They don't want attention. They want to be behind the scenes, and uh, you can you can give them some of these things, and and they would eat this up. And and that's kind of the youth pastor in me talking. But I just think teenagers are a really good resource for some of this stuff that you don't have time to do. Um, but if you made them a how-to guide, they could knock it out. You just hold them accountable. Uh, something else, I would change hours. Now, I got in some trouble because a couple months ago, I recommended changing your hours to 24-7 because I believed that Google prioritized open businesses over closed businesses and open churches over closed churches. And so if someone's searching on a Friday afternoon when your church office is closed or they're you know more likely on Saturday, they're searching for like, hey, church near me. Well, Google's not trying to show you places that are closed because who cares about restaurants that are closed? That's how Google's thinking, right? And I knew they were doing that. They finally came out and admitted it. Like there was a big article two or three weeks ago where they said, yeah, we prioritize open establishments. 
so my thinking was like the church I served at, uh, the last church I served at, we had a 24 hour answering service. And then there was a pastor on call each week. So if you called our church at 2 a.m., you're going to get the answering service. And if it was a big deal, the minister on call was going to get, he was going to get called and he was going to help you out. So we kind of were 24 seven. <laughs> you couldn't show up at the church at 2 a.m. But anyway, I, I did that on TikTok and um, got some really long, not so nice emails, but they weren't wrong. They said that I was telling churches to be dishonest and, and I, they weren't necessarily wrong because if you're not open 24 seven, then yeah. And you tell Google you're open 24 seven. That's not totally, um, that's not totally honest. So I get that. So I, I changed my mind and I was like, well, what can we do? Because I don't think it's fair to the church. One, I don't think Google is fair to churches period. And I have other reasons for that, especially when it comes to Google ads. Um, but uh, if, you know, if you're a portable church, you know, that's tricky. Um, if you've got a small staff and, and you guys are working from home and, but you're only there, you know, for Tuesday morning staff meetings and Wednesday afternoons to get ready for Wednesday night youth group, you know, you've got real sporadic hours. That's not really fair, you know, and, and then you don't want to only be open on Sunday. You don't want to show up open on, on um, the, uh, only on Sunday. So is open with no main hours, the the same thing as open as without set hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think they are actually are one and the same. In fact, maybe, um, that may be a typo on my end. I don't, I don't think both of them are there. I, I think it's, you have the option of open, um, 24 seven open with set hours, which where you have to go nine to five every day, close on Saturday, Sunday, check the little box and then uh, open with no main hours or open with no set hours. So there's just those three options. And, and so um, what a lot of larger church, I, I, like Passion City Church here in Atlanta, they're open with no set hours. And, and so I think that's the way to go. In Google's mind, that is, is similar to open 24 seven as you can be. And that way, they're not going to deprioritize you because you're not open on Saturday afternoon when someone's Googling for churches. So that would be my recommendation. The other thing I would say is that a lot of websites are slow and your website speed does affect your, your Google business profile ranking, your, your organic ranking down below those results. You need your website to be fast. And, and, um, there's a lot of things that could be, but I would run a speed test at gtmetrics.com. And if you get anything below an A, I'd go to your website company and say, hey, um, I need you to fix this. And, and they should be able to do it. You may have some huge file that's loading. Like if you've got a video behind uh, the text on the header, that's probably. Um, okay, uh, Kevin, Google business profile showing you uh, for our open with no main hours. Don't show any business hours. Okay, so. So they're giving some different, and, and here's another thing Google's notorious for. Everybody's options are not the same. Everybody's, um, in, in fact, you may not see some of the same additional categories that, that I see. You may not be able to find some of those. So Google's pretty notorious for that. Um, and so yeah, in that case, I would say, I, I would say open with no main hours. Um, I don't think it's a bad, like if, if you're, if you do have office hours, I would, you know, drop them on there. That's definitely not going to hurt you. But um, I, I lean towards and see, tend to see better results. Well, definitely we see better results as far as rankings go and, and just conversion, you know, not, not spiritual conversions, but just like click through rates. 
uh, and and uh, direction requests to get to the church. Those types of things tend to go up when we change the hours because that means that Google's we're getting more impressions, Google's showing us more, and and so we're getting more clicks that way. But you you want to speed up your website. That's a big deal that that a lot of people don't think about because the video, the big you know drone footage of the church. At the top of the homepage looks cool, but man, it can slow down a website big time. And and uh, people people are just impatient. Google wants your website to load in under one second, and people are impatient. And they will um, if it doesn't load in a second. I mean, if it takes three or four seconds to load, people are like, "This website must be broke," and they're just bouncing and going somewhere else. So um, check your speed. Last thing uh, is, I would say change the header. Uh, a lot of times we'll see stuff like like this. Um, which it's, you know, it's a good picture. It's welcoming. It shows, you know, what the congregation is like. Um, got a 41. So page load is 6.5 seconds. So yeah, definitely, definitely want to, um, definitely want to fix that. And, and um, it may be if you guys, yeah, if there's a video, it could probably be compressed depending on what platform you're on or, you know, some of these platforms really, I, some of them compress the files for you. Um, but if you just uploaded a straight video um, or, or a really high res photo, you know, even like five, six megabyte photo um, can slow you down pretty significantly. So typically, typically it's compressing some of those videos and photos on the homepage that'll fix. So, so yeah, talking about the header of the website. So, you know, where the, where the navigation menu would be up here, this text right here, You'll, when you're editing your website, you'll see H1, H2, H3. And a lot of us think that H1 just means big, bold text. H2 means a little bit smaller and H3 is a little bit smaller. And that's true. But H1, H2, and H3, those are tags that get put in the script, in the code, in the HTML. And Google relies on those heavily, especially the H1 tag, to know what that page is about. And so Google is going to Google is going to crawl your website. And number one, you only need one. You should only have one H1 tag uh, on on every page. You don't want two H1 tags. You're going to you're going to murky the waters. But you want that H1 tag to tell what you are and where you are, which isn't quite as cute. So it may be that you keep this font this big, but you remove that eight, you don't do it by making it a H1, you just do, you just change the text size. And then maybe your byline down here could be, you know, a wonder, and this is going to sound corny, so, and I'm just spitballing here, but, you know, um, the most welcoming church in Atlanta, Georgia, um, or, you know, First Baptist Atlanta, you know, really just your church name, the church, First Baptist Church Atlanta. You, you want that word church in there, in that H1, if at all possible, and you want your location in the H1. Your H1 doesn't necessarily need to be this big text. You know, BU, but BU and belong doesn't tell Google anything about what this website's about. And that is their H1 tag. And if their H1 tag is BU belong, then that's not helping Google at all. In fact, it's probably confusing Google. So you want to make that H1 something that is that tells Google um, H1 tag. So it, this is this is all website under the hood stuff. When, when you if, if you have access to edit your website, because the, the website affects 
the the Google Business Profile ranking. So if you're not the web person, then don't worry about this. You may just want to go tell them like, hey, what is the H1 tag on our website? Uh, what what text is tagged H1? Because in most of the do-it-yourself website builders like Wix and Weebly and, and Squarespace, when you you highlight some text and then you hit the drop down and you get H1, H2, H3, H4, H5, and paragraph. And so what a lot of people do, well, this is the top text. I want it to be big. H1 will automatically by default make it big. But what it's also doing in the background is adding, it's adding a, a tag in the HTML. And Google is using that tag in the HTML. And it's, it's you remember, Google is just a big, uh, you know, it's just in the big index. So it's indexing that text saying, hey, the H1 tag, which it gives a lot of priority, says be you belong. Well, that could be an insurance company. That could be a, a club. That could be an addictions. That, that could be anything. That doesn't tell Google that this is a church in a city. So you don't want your text. You don't want H1 tags all through the website. You do want the big text, but you need to make, you need to use the font size and bold to make the text big, not the H1 tag. And I don't know why these websites builders do that. I mean, they're just trying to make it user friendly. And and so, and, and look, most of us are not building websites with SEO framework in mind and, and you shouldn't, unless you work for an SEO agency. Um, so, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up. Not, not that you are, but um, that, that is something you want to fix because if there's a lot of H1s that's telling, it, it just, it, it kind of cannibalizes each other and tells Google, all right, this page really is about nothing. So, um, Cool. All right. Let's see. Any any other questions? Um, I would say speed speed things up. And and the last thing I'll say is just fill in the gaps with with Google Ads. If if you're thinking, hey, we're we're ranking number seventeen, and you're a little frustrated with that, then then you're going to do these things. You're going to do this SEO stuff. Highly recommend it. But it, it may take some time, depending on how many churches are in your area. If you're in a rural area. Uh, this is going to happen faster for you. But if there's a lot of churches around you, it may take some time. But if you'll be consistent, Google's going to catch on because what you're really doing is letting Google know that like, we understand how important you are. So um, make sure that uh, you're doing these things, speed your website up, make Google happy. But I would go use, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I would, um, I would go use, you know, some Google ads, if you got the Google ad grant, that's, you know, because Google ads can put you at the top tomorrow. And and so, you know, it's going to cost a little money uh, if you don't have the grant, but you can spend a few hundred bucks a month and, and fill in those, uh, fill in those gaps. Um, so yeah, Mar Maureen asked, uh, yeah, do you have any tips on what to use to compress video for website if your host doesn't offer that? Uh, Handbrake, yeah, Handbrake is the one that I've always used. There's some, um, there's some other just like, you know, web-based compressors that you could drop it in um, that none are coming to mind. Um, Handbrake is the one. Handbrake is kind of the big boy. And if you didn't know, Google will give a nonprofit $10,000 a month in ad credit to run Google ads. Now you got to jump through a lot of hoops. They've, in, in fact, they've, they've tightened up. Uh, the hoops that you jump through, they made the hoops smaller and harder to get through, um, especially for churches, I think. They switched companies that they were using to verify nonprofits. And this company, tends, the old company, um, 
worked with a lot of churches and I think maybe they were easier on churches and this new company, uh, we never had problems getting churches verified until we started, until this new third party verification service came into Google. So, um, but anyway, once you do it, Google will give you a, a $10,000 a month grant and you can run some ads and, and really fill in the gaps there. And so look, any of this, if you ever need help with it, obviously, um, We'll stop there. Obviously, you know, we 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 would love to help you. We do this. Um, if if you're looking for the Google ad grant, you can go to our website, go to faithworksmarketing.com. I'll drop it. We'll drop it in the chat, faithworksmarketing.com and just click on the Google ad grant. We've got a guide to the Google ad grant. We've got an eligibility checker and you can just click through that, answer a few questions and it'll tell you whether or not you're eligible. And um, uh, thank you, Dan. Thanks, uh, thanks for the, the the shout out. I appreciate it. So, um, yeah. So just go to our website, and and you can you can see and and look. We we manage that. It is something you could probably do on your own. Um, and uh, uh, Dan is somebody who is learning the Google Grant, and he is he's going to crush it. Um, and then he's going to come work for me. Now uh, he he and and so. Um, you can learn if you've got some time to devote to it every week, uh, then then you could do the Google grant on your own. But if you try it and you get frustrated, then, you know, we're, there's agencies like us. There's some really good people out there. Um, and I promise this wouldn't be a sales pitch. So I'm not doing a sales pitch, but we're, we are here to help. And, and look, we um, we love the church. We love the church and and um, we, we want to help churches grow. We want to help churches share the gospel at the end of the day. We just want you to reach more people. That's our deal. That that's what we're all about. And um, so you know that that's that's us. That's who we are. That's who I am. And uh, yeah. So I hope this was useful. If you've got any questions, feel free to reach out. My email is Jono at faithworksmarketing.com. Go to our website. Uh, yeah, um, uh, Evangelist Michael Norris. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll shoot you a text and we'll set up a time to talk. So look. Thank you guys for being here and uh, good reconnecting with some of you guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for your questions. Dan, good seeing you. Kevin, good to reconnect with you. And if anybody needs anything, FaithWorks is here to help you. Um, and um, if you just you just got some questions, need a little bit of advice, hit me up. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have an awesome rest of the day. Thank you guys so much. And um, yeah, blessings. You guys are awesome. Take care. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for personalized suggestions to help grow your organization by reaching more people online, please email jono at faithworksmarketing.com.